This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. Happy Wednesday to us all. Wednesday. It's hump day, the middle of the day, middle of the week. Mm. Two more days and you can then veg. Right? Because that's all you do on Saturdays, just veg. Anyway, welcome to the show. Man, we got a great show for you today. Uh, it's not... To me, it's 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 not a great day for me today. I don't want to be down, but what's wrong? So glad you asked. <laughs> what what would you say is the worst thing if you found out you had to do something today? Uh-huh. What would be the worst thing you'd have to go do that you'd be like, ah? Oh. Um, probably a root canal or really? yeah, that's not that's not fun. Yeah. Uh, for you. By the way, I would take a root canal today. Oh, wow. Any day. I'd take three root canals. You have to go speak to a large crowd at the Marriott Center. No. No. That, I would kill for that. <laughs> Boy, nope. I don't know. Uh, let's, you have to go pay a bill, a large oh, bill. Oh, no, I'd do that. Oh. Even if it wasn't my bill. Boy. I'd pay someone else's bill. Oh, no. What's going on? Uh, colonoscopy, I'd do that. I'd do anything today. Give me I a have hint. a photo shoot. Oh, a photo shoot for today, for here? Yeah. Oh, you'll do great. I. Hate. Can I use the word? You hate taking your picture. I hate all about it. I hate everything about it. I have been up all night waxing. <laughs> I've been your waxing. brows look a lot more, you know, a lot that? more shaped. They're, yeah, they're shaped. Uh huh. Those <sighs> ones that are flying away, they're kind <laughs> those, of under control now. <laughs> I didn't realize the, those are those are way out there. They were about four feet off my head. And the nose hairs. Mm-hmm. Did true. you notice yeah, that? That's really, my wife yeah. gave me a clipper. Oh, good. Um, worst thing ever. Do you like photo shoots? Like, do you like having your picture taken? I don't mind it. Oh my heavens! No. I hate it. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I've hated it. I don't know why. I, I thought you looked really good. I, I know I watched your show at the, the local NBC affiliate yeah. here, and you looked very good. Do that, I, that photo shoot went well. Did it? Yeah. I thought it looked really good. I, no? I hate it. I, I, they said bring eight, no, 10 to 12 outfits. They did not. They did. And I don't even know what an outfit is. <laughs> so I brought every- Are we talking suit and tie? I don't know. They said outfit. They didn't even say suit and tie. They said outfit. No. Men don't have outfits. No. So I was, yeah, beach, I, so I brought some <laughs> beachwear. I brought an, a, an evening gown competition thing. Interesting. I have to. So we're talking about flip flops. Yeah. I did an interview yesterday with Johnny Linehan, the BYU punter. Yeah. And he's from New Zealand, and we kind of went over a few things that they say differently in New Zealand. And he had some um, flip flop things on, and I said, "What do you call those?" He said, "They're jandals." Jandals. Jandals. Have you ever heard of that? No. Yeah. Jandals. Jandals. Those are hot. They're jandals. You call them slippers in Hawaii. Yeah, that sounds better. We used to call them thongs. I know. That's what I told him. I said, you can't can't say that anymore. Can't say the T word anymore. Isn't that weird? Dad's going to get his thongs, and my kids are like, ooh. Ooh. Yeah, my husband was teaching a Sunday school class, and the girl came in and he said, those are great great thongs, Jessica. And she looked at him and just went bright red. And my husband went, what did I just say? I said, you can't say that. (laughs) Brother Aikens is creepy. Mom. (laughs) That is so funny. So today, you know, whatever, worst day ever. It'll Do be you over. brush your teeth? I brushed everything. Okay. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. It's just, it's uncomfortable and 
I'm supposed to take pictures in front of a radio mic. And I so think. you're just going to pretend like you're talking. Yeah, but what do you do? I mean, but have you ever seen that? That's just like an impossible shot. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Oh, they'll take pictures when you're not even knowing it, and that those are the best kind. They really are. Yeah. Except the thing is, I'm a high sensitive, so I always know when they're taking it. <laughs> so I'm always like, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. But hey, you know what? It's not your problem, listeners. It's mine. But it will affect me for the next three hours. I and just you know what? That's you know. that's not a hard problem. So I'm, I'm not feeling what? any sympathy for you whatsoever. I would, I, you give me all of your hard problems, I'll do them all today. If you'll wow. go take my photo shoot. Okay. Make me look skinny. <laughs> we uh, Today, by the way, another great uh, day that we need to celebrate. It's bathtub day. Mm. Bathtub day. Good day. Rubber ducky, you're the one. I haven't taken a bath for, I think, years. Years. You haven't ever taken a soaker? No way. Oh. That's, Not after your hard workouts? That's the best thing for Ever since I dropped my laptop in the bathtub trying to have a soaker? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't right. work, no. So uh, it's bathtub day. And then we got to tell you this one because this is crazy. How many candidates are running for president? Do you know? Well, I know it's it's a crazy amount because I did see that story. Yeah, we think 16, I think, GOP, maybe three or four Dems. Uh-huh. There's 1,200. Uh-huh. 1,200 people running for president of the United States. And I know you're one of them. You just haven't told everybody. I, 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 I will vote for you. Apparently in every state there's people signing up. Last year there was 409 – or last election cycle for president, there was 419 candidates that filed. This year there's 1,200 telling us that people are upset. No, I think – why don't we just do that and then we can tell our grandchildren that we once ran for president. That might not be bad. I wonder what that costs. What does it cost? It's probably free. I think you just – I don't know. Maybe there's a filing fee. Yeah. But one of the candidates – this is his 10th time. Michael (laughs) S. Levinson. He's 74 years old. He's been running um, for president uh, for years and he says he had a vision when he was a kid at age four doodling in an Abraham Lincoln book that he was going to become president. Mm. Where's he from? Does Um, it say? Uh, it doesn't say. I'm guessing Florida. Here. Florida it says Florida, and also Caesar Saint Augustine de Buenaparte. He's the Emperor of the United States of Turtle Island in North Carolina. Apparently, he's running. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, Missouri's Dale Hoynoski wants to run, um, and his his whole his whole platform is that he wants our cars to run on marijuana oil. It is not. It is. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, the emissions. Wow. Totally enlightening. Uh, very much so. Uh, we'd, not get, we'd get nothing done. Nothing done. Nothing done. Doris Walker of Illinois, mm-hmm. she wants her platform is prioritizing swimming pool access. That's important. I guess apparently worldwide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you thought it was <laughs> bad having problem. 20 or so running, imagine having 1,200. So just consider yourself lucky. Man, I'm sure, we, I'm sure you've got some news for us on the candidates. Kathy, what's going on in the headlines? Good morning, everyone. The rain has stopped in South Carolina, but residents are preparing for a second round of flooding. Swollen rivers are headed toward the ocean that could make matters much worse. In downtown Columbia, hundreds of workers rushed to repair a breach in a canal that's threatening the water supply. Residents have been asked to boil their water. Yesterday was the first day without rain since September 24th. Here's Governor Nikki Haley. The next 36 to 48 hours are going to be a time that we need to continue to be careful. 
Haley quickly got a federal disaster declaration from President Obama, which frees up money and resources for the state. The FBI investigation into Hillary Clinton's email situation now includes data from a second tech company. Datto Incorporated out of Connecticut was hired to back up data from by the Colorado company that managed Clinton's server. Datto has faced cyber attacks, which makes the probe more concerning. Officials say it's not clear whether the backup company has all of Clinton's emails from her time as Secretary of State. By the way, the first Democratic debate is October 13th. The airstrike on a Doctors Without Borders hospital in Afghanistan was a mistake. That according to General John F. Campbell during a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing yesterday. We would never intentionally target a protected medical facility. I must allow the investigation to take its course, and therefore I'm not at liberty to discuss further specifics at this time. The attack killed 19 people. Doctors Without Borders is calling for an international investigation. The U.S. military has pledged a full investigation of its own. Three scientists were awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. The men, one from Sweden, one American, and a U.S. Turkish researcher, won the award for their work uncovering how cells repair damaged DNA, research that could help develop new cancer treatments. The men will split the prize money just under $1 million. And speaking of prize money... The winner of the latest Powerball, ja- Powerball jackpot has come forward, 50-year-old Ooh. Julie Leach of Three Rivers, Michigan. She's a supervisor at a fiberglass factory and the sole winner of the $310.5 million prize. Leach said she was having a bad night at work, and when she took a lunch break and checked the numbers, and once she found out she won... Oh, I quit automatically. <laughs> <laughs> I was done. <laughs> <laughs> she called her job nasty and dirty. The mother of three chose a lump sum of $197.4 million. And mm. after she pays taxes, can you guess how many, how much the taxes were? Uh, I don't know how much the taxes were, but I would guess she will walk away with $58. <laughs> Pretty close. $140 million. Oh, my yeah, heavens. Can you believe that? What would you do with $140 million? I would. Wow. I'd buy Can myself you believe a that from 310.5, it comes down to 140 million? Is that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, the government's a lot of people get a lot got rich of money. On that. Yeah. So she's going to build homes for her and her boyfriend, I guess, wow. and their Separate children. Separate homes. That's Three children. Noble. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven grandchildren. Now, would you set up your kids and your grandkids for life? Oh, for sure. Would you? Yeah, I'd spoil them rotten. Well, then they'd love not. you. Then they'd love you. Really? So you'd what? You'd you'd create uh, what? Um, Accounts for them like so they could draw fund. a trust uh-huh. fund. Okay. But what I would do is – this is what I would do. Okay. I would make them – in order to get the trust fund, mm-hmm. they have to get a certain level of education. Right. Good. That's very good. In something they're passionate about. Okay. And they need to be serving the community. Okay. And then once they're done with that, then you're going to shower them with all the money? Yes. And they're done? That, then, Well, then they have to, they have to talk about me publicly <laughs> for 20 years positively. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot well, of work. Then they will for get their money. money. Okay, that's not all. Too bad. Of course, after I die. Oh wow, that could be a long time. I want to see waiting for that for a long yeah. time. That's I want my kids. You want to live to be like 110, so yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I'll make it that long <laughs> if I have more than one photo shoot a year. Um, it's honestly, I I, I'm, I don't worry about that, but I do want them to get. I want them to give back to community, mm-hmm. not even money, but just their skills, their talents. Right. I agree. And I want them to get degrees. Get great, very good. That's great. And they need to talk me up. Yeah. I mean, I gave them all this money. Yeah. They owe me. They have these beautiful mansions. They should. Yeah. And we will all live in a commune. 
Okay, so after your photo shoot today, are we going to put them up on on the Twitter or no. Facebook? No? no, you'll never see these pictures. I do this <laughs> yes, every. I do this will. like twice a year, and I never. You I never have see them. them. No. Oh, that's scary. What yeah. do you think they do with them? I think they'll use one of them. <laughs> so I've. Got, it's sad because I you have, don't have a choice. Then. I have twelve outfits, uh-huh. and they're only going to choose one of them. Oh. You know what I've done? I've literally brought and you all of my have clothes. No say. I, I'm going to let them pick what I should wear. Okay. Because I have no idea, and half of my half of my clothes are at the cleaners. <laughs> So like I'm wearing oh, this clothes. This could be scary. And that's totally crazy. Yeah. I don't your know. tennis outfit. I know. Your running yeah. wear. And my weightlifting outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my um, my dive. I have a diving outfit <laughs> for diving. It's embarrassing. Just don't use the face. Just don't use the mask and the snort. You know the yeah. snorkel gear. That'll right. that'll get in the way. Oh, I know. <sighs> so sad. Kathy, thanks. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, my diving outfit. They have no idea what they're in for when I walk in with my diving gear on. Hey, we got a great uh, topic coming up. Do you feel like your inbox is just overwhelming you? Is it overflowing? Well, we're going to be talking with Dave Crenshaw, who uh, is is a time management expert, is a leader, and and is a coach and a consultant for small business owners. He's going to teach us how to detox your inbox. It's some pretty good lessons, folks. Detoxing the inbox. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. I read your email this morning soon as I got out of bed. Just what I needed helped me clear my head. Took me a while to read though, because it was kind of long, but it's always good to hear from you and learn what's going on. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Appreciate, so appreciate Ben Wasden for putting some music together, singing a little song for us, and uh, helping us understand a little bit better the importance of email. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by it, folks? Do you ever feel like you just can't uh, do it anymore? In fact, right now, think about it. How many emails are in your inbox? Do you still have like an actual number uh, that's showing in the thousands? Could it be possible to have a thousand or more emails in your inbox? Joining us today is Dave Crenshaw. Dave is um, the founder of Invaluable Inc., a coaching and training corporation that has helped transform thousands of businesses around the world. He's also a master of helping businesses, uh, business owners overcome the uh, triumph and triumph over the chaos His first book is called The Myth of Multitasking, How Doing It All Gets Nothing Done, and it has been published in six languages. He's here, folks, to help us detox our inbox. Dave Crenshaw, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Thank you very much, Matt. Glad to be back. I know. We love having you because you just give us immediate relief (laughs) for our lives. (laughs) And uh, Dave, talk to us about, I mean, we've been dealing with email forever, but I, I don't think we really still have a clue what we're doing. Well, right there, you know, people say, does technology cause all this, all these problems that we have? And I say, no, it's not technology. It's the improper use of yeah. technology. And email, which we've had for, oh gosh, decades now, people still uh, aren't using it properly. And it, and it causes them to feel stressed out and fall behind. Right. And it's... And it, it's something that if we don't control, it will just take over. It's like a weed. It'll just keep growing and, and creating more issues if we don't lead it. Isn't that right? 
Right. Well, here's the deal. Most people are keeping their email inbox as a place for reminders. It's almost like uh, writing a post-it note and putting it all over your computer screen. And every time you open up your email and you look at that, you're, you're multitasking in that moment. You're looking at 100 different things that need to get done, and it overloads your system. You feel stressed out, and it's incredibly inefficient Ugh. to keep that email inbox full. No, you know what? That's my life. I so in fact, educate me because I didn't. I didn't quite get. I guess the email. I, did, I must not have gotten it. I didn't get the email that said, "I'm not." I don't take anything out of my inbox. I just. <laughs> I just kind of see it as a running, you know, archive of my life. So, well, I, but you're saying basically, I'm supposed to be emptying my inbox daily. Right. Let me first of all share a principle that applies both in the physical and in the digital world. Okay. Everything has a home and no visitors allowed. <laughs> so, so we want to make sure that things are in the right box because otherwise that's going to mean that we're starting to lose control and we're not processing properly. Now, what is the email inbox, the home for? Unprocessed emails. Now, I use that word unprocessed specifically, not just unread but unprocessed, meaning you haven't decided yet what you're going to do with it, when you're going to do it, and you haven't put it in its right place. You haven't put it in its home. Hmm. And, and every email that is processed, if you decide what, when, and where, it should go out of the email inbox and into the archive folder. Where you should be putting the reminders is on the calendar. Right. Yeah, because then, it, then it's in my life. Right, I should. You're saying I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be prompted to do something, uh, in from my inbox. I should be prompted to do something from my calendar. Right. Well, just like the example that I gave, uh, post-it notes. Post-it notes are good for one thing and one thing only: making notes for someone else. Hmm. They don't have a date. They don't beep at you. They don't tell you any meaningful information. And it's the same thing with with your email inbox. When you look at it and you see 10 different unresolved items, some of which you don't need to deal with for a week or two, that is causing a lot of inefficiency. Because as I talk about in my book, The Multitasking, when you multitask, things take longer, you increase your stress levels, and you make more mistakes. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Do you... Do I delete? I mean, like, so let's say my organization keeps sending me, you know, updates, informations. Here's the latest and greatest. When I, if I really don't need that, I just delete it. Right. Well, if it's something that you just don't need, then delete it. Now, you, you may have heard the rule, when in doubt, throw it out, right? Yeah. yeah. A great rule of thumb in the physical world. In the digital world, it's the opposite. When in doubt, keep it. But... Hmm. Keep it in the archive. So if you're using Google, you just click that little send to archive button. It still keeps the email, yeah. but it moves it out of the inbox. If you're using something like Outlook, then you might want to create a separate folder called archive and drag and drop emails into that folder after you're done. Okay. And really, by the end, you should have maybe five to ten things in your inbox? Uh, you should have zero. No, oh, brother. That's... Once, per, once per week... Uh, I and all of my clients, everyone that I've worked with, we all hit zero at least once per week. Wow. Yeah. How, how do you go from, like, let's just say, hypothetically, 6,000 down to zero? Okay. Well, if you're in that kind of a situation, what you want to do is power archive. 
And by Power Archive, what I mean is you, you pick a date that you say, you know what, every every email before that date, I'm going to declare bankruptcy on. I'm not going to look at. Just archive it. Yeah. So I'm going to say, you know, 30 days ago, at that point, every email older than 30 days, I just archive it. So that's going to get you down to a much more manageable yeah. number in the hundred or so, and then you then you set aside time to work on just those hundred or two hundred that you need to get back up to speed. Oh, that's good. And then really, you're just down to whatever's there, and you'll you'll clean it out every day, every day. And the good thing, I guess, is you're not losing anything. If you've sent it to archive, I can search anytime I want, and I'll be able to find it. Exactly. And search engines now are so powerful with the email programs that we have. We, we don't. You don't need to subcategorize into folders. That's also a waste of time. Just send it all to archive and get more well-versed on how to use the search engine mm. within the email. You'll save yourself a ton of time. Man, where have you been all my life, Dave? That's like great advice. Um, I, I really have just never done that. I look at my – my wife has probably 10,000 emails because half of them she doesn't even read because they're kind of junk email. They're not they're, – well, they're junk email. They're from Toys R Us. They're from all of these other places. So, And part of that, I guess, is know what you're doing with your email. Like what I found really powerful is I have two or I have probably three or four different email addresses. And if I'm signing up for anything that I just don't really care too much about um, and they want my email, I'll always just kind of give them kind of my junk account. That, that's, that's one great way to handle it. Let me suggest to you what I do. Because um, I, I sign up for all of those. I, and what you do is you create a folder – called uh, coupons, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And so what I will do is I sign up for the, the coupons from sites that I use regularly, but then I create an automatic filter or sometimes called a rule. Yeah. This is whenever an email comes from, I don't know, who's somebody who sponsors Matt Townsend. I don't want to get myself in trouble. Toys R Us. Okay. So I get an email from Toys R Us. Yeah. Whenever I get an email from Toys R Us, it throws it automatically into the coupons folder. There you go. It automatically frees up my inbox, but the next time I go to shop at Toys R Us, I can jump in there, and there are the coupons there, the special. There you go. And, like, Gmail kind of does that for you as far as, like, they'll say that this is from a – I can't remember what they call it, but it's, like, from a – Promotion. Promotion, yeah. Right. And actually, I don't use that feature either. Um, That's one I'm I'm not a huge fan of because sometimes – Gmail making its choice on your behalf. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's 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 not correct. Right. So I prefer to be in control of that, turn that off, and set my own rules and filters, and keep my inbox clean. I love that. And is it? I mean, the inbox then is actually it's actually a real tool you can use. You now know what you need to deal with in the day, and your goal is to get it done. And and once I've done the activity, it's out of my inbox. Not do the activity. Schedule the activity. Or schedule the activity, yeah. So I've got lots of stuff that I, that I process from my email inbox, but maybe I'm not going to do it for a month or two. But I've scheduled it into my calendar, and now I know I don't need that email as a reminder anymore. I've yeah. scheduled it. Now I can archive it. Oh, my heavens, man. This is good stuff. We're going to take a break. We're speaking with Dave Crenshaw. By the way, if you go to his website, DaveCrenshaw.com, you can you can get access to he's got some awesome videos on YouTube. They're just they're small business slices he calls them, and they're just like about three or four minutes, maybe two to three minutes of uh, powerful tools, insights, little bits of information. That's where I learned about I got to detox my my overstuffed email inbox. 
But uh, you can get all of it at DaveCrenshaw.com, including information about his books. We'll come back, continue discussing some more of the mistakes we're making when we're uh, thinking about how we process and go about managing our inbox. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Yes, I love technology. Yes, I love technology. And yes, it's taking over my life. In fact, even right now as we speak, I am now decluttering my inbox. Thanks to Dave Crenshaw from DaveCrenshaw.com. He is uh, an author of the book, The Myth of Multitasking, How Doing It All Gets Nothing Done. He also has a new book out called The Focused Business. How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos. He's a speaker. He's an author. He's a coach. And you got to go to his YouTube page and or just go to his go to DaveCrenshaw.com and you'll, you can find uh, out about his YouTube videos. He's just trying to teach us how to be more effective. Dave Crenshaw, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Matt. Love uh, this topic. I've already started archiving. Man, it's amazing. Um, you can just archive all day long. <laughs> I, I well, hopefully you do it right, and it'll take you like ten seconds. Well, I know, yeah. I, I, after about ten weeks, I'll have. No, I, I'm going to use your your little technique. Go back about a month, pretty much throw everything in the archives, and then I can handle it from there. there you this, go. this is cool stuff. What are some more mistakes we're making in managing our inbox? Well, I, I think uh, one place where people get into trouble is when they're constantly checking their inbox. And now it's interesting because someone may hear this and go, Dave, to stay to get to zero, you're asking me to constantly stay in my email. And that's not good. That's not what I should be spending my time doing. And, and the truth is, no, you shouldn't. What you should do is have an hour, perhaps an hour a day, that you're spending in cleaning out your inbox or processing your inbox. And the rest of the time, leave it alone. Yeah. Um, or, or at very least, check it maybe once or twice a day, and then just leave it alone. You're costing yourself lots and lots of time by constantly looking in that email or, uh, or check, pushing send and receive over and over and over again. Um, it's it's funny. There was a study that showed that the, the compulsion to check and uh, send and receive on email is similar to compulsive gambling. It's true. Don't you think? I mean, because it's this addiction and your brain gets fed and all of a sudden you're not even thinking about it. And we we already know that kids, for example, I think there's some kids that are checking um, social media a hundred times a day. We're we're not leading our lives. We're just now being led. Right. I like what you said there. And and the way that I say it is, are you checking email or is email checking you? No, totally. Turn off the notifications. Yeah, that's the one of the paradoxes, and, and I found that what I'm teaching there are many paradoxes of time management that people don't realize, and one of those is that the more often you check email, the less email you're able to get through. Instead, if you have a set time and you plow through it during that time, and then go back to work doing the more important things, you'll get far more done, have less, have have more disposable time. That's right. 
No. I mean, and that's in in reality. Then, then we can go. That's how you're actually going to create time. I mean, it's not like we live in a time machine. The only way you can create time is a, is not getting sucked into stupid time. Right. Well, I, you know, I cite a, a study by Basics Research out of New York uh, that found that the average knowledge worker—that's uh, anyone using their brain to make a living—the <laughs> um, average knowledge worker loses 28 percent of their day due to interruptions and the recovery time associated with those interruptions. Oh, man. And so every time you switch to check your email, or every time you switch to check an instant message that just popped in, that's actually costing you time because there's a recovery time associated with that. Oh, I didn't think, yeah, because you all of a sudden, you, you have to recover and get back to what you were doing. Exactly. I have to think. I, I may be in the middle of working on something, and then, oh, an instant message came in. Oh, I need to check that. Oh, okay, and then I respond. But then what do I need to do? I have to take the time to think about where I was, go back to it, get my thought process in order. And every time you do that, things take longer, you make more mistakes, and your stress levels increase. Mm. Is there um, – when I – because even right there, I just took your advice and started – I finally found my archive button. Dave, I had no idea that I had an archive button. It would come up all the time, and I'd like, oh, whatever. I don't even know what that is. So when I archive something and I send it to the archives, where does it go? It goes into the archive. Okay. That's <laughs> um, good to know. Now, I'm assuming you're talking about Gmail. Yeah. And Gmail basically has has some top-level folders. It's just got you know, inbox uh, and sent mail and drafts. Okay? Those, are, those are the only folders it's got. Everything else is a label. So essentially, when you send it to the archive, you're saying it doesn't belong in the inbox, and we're going to give it this label of archive, which means we're going to hold on to it, but it doesn't need to be in one of these other folders. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it and it's uh, it, this is really about habit creation, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, I'm a big fan of the, the phrase um, conditioning matters more than discipline. When when people talk, hear me say what I do and what my clients do. They say, oh, you've got to have a lot of discipline. I said, this has nothing to do with discipline. This is about conditioning yourself to respond in a certain way. Um, it's, in, it's actually part of the reason why I put my training course um, online on uh, lynda.com so that people can go through this whole experience, and I'll take them start to finish on, on how to uh, complete this. Hmm. Does... Does uh, when you go into companies and you see this, how big of a problem is this that you see in corporate America? Oh, it's it's not just America; uh, it's it's worldwide. Uh, I, I I speak all around the world. I'm going to be doing a tour in the Middle East here in just a month and a half, um, and I can tell you that this is an epidemic of global proportion. Oh my heavens! Uh, everyone is using technology and their time in an improper way. And unfortunately, part of it is due to the fact that we're still using time management practices that were handed to us in the 80s and and 90s. And and I I, I love those things. I learned from them. Heck, I grew up uh, right in Covey's backyard. Right, right. right. The problem is in the 21st century, we're dealing with a completely new set of challenges. It's not that we need to maximize our time. It's we need to protect our time. And that's a very, very different approach uh, to how you deal with your day. You, you want to build barriers around yourself, and you actually want to give yourself buffer time. 
not try and fill every single minute, but yeah. actually leave space in your day. And when you do that, you actually get more done and you're more productive than everyone else who's allowing themselves to be interrupted constantly. That's one of the that's one of the problems with this new technology is it's so it's so invasive. I mean, it now is acting on you. It used to be you didn't get your messages maybe until you either got home or you were in the office. But now you now it's acting on you. In fact, I've even noticed that when I get an email, I, you know, I want to respond. I want to respond, you know, immediately. And it creates this weird pressure on me, except that immediacy need of mine may not may not be managing my what's important. Right. Right, right, and so there's there's that element. There's the the text messages, the the email. There's all of that. There's also the advertising element. The the change in technology there is creating a whole new set of problems. I actually sat. I was sitting first class next to the guy who created all these shows, or not created, but is responsible for all of these shows on AMC, like The Walking Dead, right? Right. And I asked him a question. I said, "What, what do you think about?" Um, about DVR, and he said, we're scared to death of it. They, they huh. don't know what to do. And right. so what do they do? Now we're installing apps on our phones, and those apps send us, send us push notifications, read advertising. They're forcing it down our throats because they don't know how to reach us anyway. Right. So it's, it's responsible. It's our responsibility to go onto our phones and turn off those push notifications, often app by app in order to protect our time. So true. And, and, and again, it's, it's, about, um, it's about really making sure we're spending the time in, in the, most, the most productive way. You, I know in some of your other videos you've talked a lot about uh, our goal is to be productive. We're, 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 our goal is to be producing something, not just right. being busy. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people wear busy as a as a badge of honor. Yeah. Uh, but I view it as a white flag of shame. Oh, it's a dysfunction, if, right? Right. If you say I'm busy, that means you don't have enough time to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. You're so buried in doing stuff that you're not actually getting stuff done. So, so I like to respond or, or ask the question when I hear that. Say, well, okay, great. What are you doing? <laughs> what did you What did you accomplish today? What were right. the results that you got? Not just don't tell me the action. Tell me the result. That's what matters in the end. Yeah, I never. When someone says, "How you doing?" I never say I'm busy. I'm saying I'm drowning. I'm about to die. <laughs> but it really, to me, it is it is a sign of failure to deal with your chaos. Yeah, right? it's like we don't we're it's not a badge anymore. It's really it's like a brand. Right. And, and trust me, I understand that feeling. I was diagnosed as being off the charts ADHD. I get it. Yeah. Um, and I used to say that. But now it's not like that. I probably work less hours than the average human being. Uh, I like to spend time playing video games, and I've got plenty of disposable time to play with my, to spend with my family, and and my company and I we're accomplishing far more than we ever have in the past. Yeah, I've got clients I've worked with who, when I first started working with one, I'm thinking of she she was working 60 hours a week, she's now working 20. She's got three locations of her company, and. And occasionally I have to deal with the feelings of guilt that she has in being so successful. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it really is, I guess. I mean, that's the hope of it all, right? The hope is that we we can get our lives back. And 
and really in, in our relationships. I guess when we when we think about these emails too, every one of these emails, this is a relationship, but but none not all the relationships are equal. Yeah, right. Our, the choice is not necessarily between good and bad. Sometimes it's between good and better, right? Yeah. yeah. And in, in a time where we have a, a, so many options, our need to make wise choices about where we're going to focus our attention and our time become even more important. That's true. So true. Well, uh, Dave, as we leave you, what uh, if we had to just take away one thought, what would be the number one thing we should all know, all remember when it comes to the one thing that makes the biggest difference in our time management? Well, I'm going to go back to where where we started. I think a great place to begin is with your email because we all deal with it. And if you want to have that freedom, it starts with setting a time to go through your email and scheduling everything that you can't deal with in five minutes or less, putting it on your calendar, and you start using your calendar as the time budget rather than spend time uh, wildly haphazard here and there. Chasing, yeah, chasing everything. Well, Dave, we appreciate your great, great advice. We'll have you back soon again to get uh, more uh, squeezed out of that brain of yours. Dave Crenshaw is his name. Go to his website, DaveCrenshaw.com, and uh, just start. Seriously, let's get real about taking our lives back. How would that be to have your life back? Also, go check out his book, The Myth of Multitasking or The Focused Business by Dave Crenshaw. Two great books. We'll take a break, my friends. Um, Come back. Continue. The show and and get into um, a little bit of the coach's corner. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Great information about detoxing your inbox. And really, when you think about it, so much of this is just, you know, it's in your hands. It's in your world. You don't – part of the technology problem is there's the learning curve, right? And you've got to spend some time getting ahead in it. If you don't get ahead, you're you're really just getting behind. And um, so one of the things that uh, I guess we could – we could focus on is maybe instead of just staying at it and going at it, what if we just got really serious as far as managing like the inbox is a great example. Let's go manage our inbox. Let's spend the next month getting ahead in the inbox game and getting everything in our life that comes into the inbox taken care of, getting it scheduled put in our calendar, hand it off to the person it needs to be handed off to, taken care of, and try to zero out the inbox. That's one way to do it. Another way that they're finding out to kind of relieve some stress in your life, you won't believe this because it's it actually seems so counterintuitive. But wives across the world are rejoicing. Apparently, washing the dishes can be a stress reliever. It's a trap. Exactly. I'm pretty sure my wife put somebody up to this. Um, 
And it's not just because it's a repetitive activity, but according to the Journal of Mindfulness, Florida State University researchers say that those who do dishes mindfully, which I don't know very many that do, but those are the people mindfully doing dishes means that you actually are you are really smelling the soap. <laughs> now, when I was a kid, if, if you were smelling detergents and soaps, um, you know, they thought you had problems. But uh, or if you're like if you're sensing the water temperature and you are you are just present in the dishes, apparently that increases your feeling of inspiration and it decreases your nervousness. Not weird. Just doing the dishes. Uh, not only that, they found out, but participants who didn't practice mindfulness didn't reap any of the benefits. They say it appears that an everyday activity approached with intentionality and awareness may enhance the state of mindfulness. So anything you do. I have a neighbor that loves to vacuum his house. So every day he'll come home from work and kind of as to get in his Zen state, he will vacuum. There's probably, you know, the hum of the vacuum and it's just the straight lines in the carpet. But he likes it. He really likes it a lot. And so um, maybe what we could do, and this is what we're talking about with uh, detoxing our inbox as well, is being mindful, really meaning that you're going to get your mind actually engaged in the activity. I'm going to be present in it. I love to drive personally uh, that for that very reason because it, it's, it's a great kind of relief for me. It helps me clear my head, and it, but I, have to, I can't just go into la-la land. And sometimes I listen to stuff and sometimes I just like to see if I can – beat people, you know, to a certain exit. (laughs) Anyway, dishes apparently can help you relieve stress. So ladies, take the report. We'll post this on our Twitter page, at Dr. Matt Show. Now you can show your partner. The study was with 51 students, and they had them wash dishes, and they basically taught them how to do it mindfully. And um, it's part of it's just watching your breathing, Part of it's just enjoying it. I'll do dishes all day long if I can watch TV. But any chore, they say, any chore you can actually use to lower your stress. But you got to be mindful. So, you know, uh, mowing lawns. I love to mow my lawn because it. I really get into a Zen state. <laughs> One time I even fell asleep on my lawnmower. Um Anyway, it's interesting stuff when you think about your life. How how involved is your head day to day in your life? You know, or do you just get in the routine and you're really not even present? Being present is part of that key for mindfulness. So, I just challenge you today to pick up your game that way. See if you can be a little more present when your kids are talking to you, put your phone down and just be present in what they're saying. When you're doing your dishes, just be present. I don't know. It still seems kind of strange. Uh, great stuff. We're going to take a break, folks. Hour number one of the Matt Townsend Show. It's in the can. There it is. You can go find it on podcast, on iTunes, on TuneIn. Go to byuradio.org. You can look it up and and show that uh, to your uh, the people in your life that need it. Next hour, more ideas, more tools to help you find the good in the world. Next uh, hour, by the way, we'll be talking about the four-day work week, the pros, the cons, All of that next hour on The Matt Townsend Show.
This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to help you create the best life you can for yourself, for your family, for those around you. We help you live longer, love stronger, and lead healthier, happier lives. Again, they're all your choices. All we can do is lead you to the water. Welcome to the show today. We've got a great uh, topic today. When uh, you think about it, if you were given the opportunity to have a four-day work week, would you jump on it? Would you be okay only working four days? Kathy Aiken. Is it for uh, four 10-hour days? Let's say four 10-hour days. Okay. That would you Would you rather have four 10-hour days, or, which really would be four 12-hour days? Or would you rather yeah. have five <laughs> eight-hour days, which really are five, ten days, ten hours? I'd do the four. Yeah. yeah Wouldn't I'd do you? The four. Yeah. Four, it just seems better than five. <laughs> Working four days seems better than five. Yeah. I mean, for you, Ben, two days would be great. Just a two-day work week. If you didn't have to That's work the weekend, worried, so. if it was Monday to Thursday, yeah. perfect. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Then you'd have three days off. Yes. You could go, you know, get rid of your cough. <laughs> you which could... you have, by the way. I forgot to. I forgot it's a little to better. It's that. better. Yeah, yeah. You're sounding much better. Well, but right when you said that, my chest tightened up. <laughs> so I think Sorry. some of it's psychosomatic. Okay. No more talk. Some of it is just in my head. <laughs> um, yeah, the the four day work week. We'll be getting into that. I I really like the idea. The problem is, it would never change my job probably, because apparently I'm a five day a weeker. Hmm. You just put in that much more time, you mean? You'd, no matter how many days well, you work, you still Because I think unless everybody's doing a four-day work week, mm-hmm. then I'd probably have to keep doing a five – I mean, if everyone was doing it, I'd do a four-day. But uh-huh. yeah, i got to be here when people are yeah, going to work. that's true. So if all of you would, out there in listener land would change your lives, <laughs> come on! Oh. You'd make my life so much easier. Did you hear about this um, hero that saved a kidnap victim? This is crazy. He – wow, the bravery. A brave soldier thought he was rescuing a, a kidnap victim, kidnapping victim being held at gunpoint by a crazed attacker. So he jumped in there in haste to save the woman. And what he had actually done, he actually had walked onto a film set. Oh, no. And um, oblivious to it, this Russian soldier jumped in to save this woman's life, didn't notice the, the cameras or the film crew. He tried to sneak up behind the attacker to grab him from behind. He did. He threw the the actor to the floor, pinned him to the floor. Oh come on! I so I guess all those lights and the cameras didn't really didn't. That. Yeah, didn't that didn't? Can't you just hear the director? Wow. Okay, cut. <laughs> Somebody get the Russian guy off of him. Speaking of cameras, they're getting all ready for did you. you I see can that out there? Yes, I know. they've they, got the drape up they there. They tried to talk me up out there. They're like, "Don't even worry about it." I'm like, "I've been waxing all night." They're like, it's I not that kind of shit. I see a nice close shave, too. Yeah, did you see that? I, cut, nice. I actually cut myself. It was so close. <laughs> you know, I, I do a lot of my uh, grooming in the dark. Mm. So you don't wake up your wife. That's yeah. so nice of you. But it's it's very nice. Mm-hmm. So you don't do the electric razor on your way in. No. That's good. I don't, I don't like electric yeah, razors. No. Okay. I, I don't like to drive and shave. <laughs> and uh, most of the people around you are happy you don't either. That's right. Yeah, I, I, use a, I use a straight-edge kind of razor, mm-hmm. but um, but... It's hard to do that when you're driving too. Yes, very hard. It's just I just find there's some things just not worth risking your life. 
four. So, um, yeah, we're doing it. Again, this slows it in here. I've got a photo shoot today, which honestly is the worst thing on earth. You know Just what I mean? make sure they get your foundation right. Good color. <laughs> yeah. Little little rouge. Oh, you have no little eyeshadow. Uh-huh. I don't need rouge. <laughs> I just pinch my cheeks. There you go. Little lip color. Little lip action. Mm-hmm. On. Yeah, I like to puff up my lips a little bit. <laughs> I like yeah. to add a little extra lip. <laughs> Um, anyway, luckily I got my Botox yesterday, so yeah. I'm feeling. Yeah, I was your, your forehead is you know moving. Yeah. Is it, do you, do you feel, does it feel like it's longer? <laughs> Very smooth. Does my forehead look like a five it head? It kind of does, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little smoother. Not too bad. You know what else I'm finding Just out? Just please don't do the lip plumping. Oh, too late. With the Botox. Oh, no, too late. I've got a little the machine that, they that do. sucks oh. my lips out. Oh. Why are you laughing, Ben? You punk. Isn't that a Kim Kardashian thing or one of the Kardashians totally. trying to get their lips to get bigger? That was weird. Honestly. I know. Someday, someday we're all going to heaven. And in heaven, <laughs> you're you're not going to have any of those great little Oh, that'll be tricks. nice. I have to worry about that. That's right. Yeah, when your forehead's like down on your <laughs> the brow of your, your – uh, what's it called? Your nose. Um <laughs> Anyway, crazy stuff. We've got a great show again. We'll be talking to Paul Powers about the four-day work week. But first, let's get to Miss Four-Day Work Week herself. Thank you. <laughs> Kathy Egg. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. The FBI probe into Hillary Clinton's email server has now widened. Four State Department servers were seized as officials are trying to determine how top-secret material was sent to Clinton's server by State Department aides while she was Secretary of State. The FBI is also investigating a second tech company that was hired by Clinton to back up the data from that server. By the way, the first Democratic debate is set for October 13th in Las Vegas. According to a new Quinnipiac poll, Donald Trump leads the GOP, not just in the early voting states of Iowa and New Hampshire, but also key swing states of Florida and Ohio. Trump leads Florida Senator Marco Rubio in his own state with 28 percent of the vote. Ben Carson is second, then it's Rubio at 14 percent. In Ohio, Trump is on top at 23 percent, followed by Carson at 18 percent. Then Ohio Governor John Kasich is third at 13 percent. The third GOP debate is October 28th in Boulder, Colorado. South Carolina is seeing blue skies today after days of record-breaking rain that has caused major flooding and led to the deaths of 15 residents. Governor Nikki Haley says the next 36 to 48 hours are crucial as officials try to secure dams and rivers that still haven't crested. We have FEMA people up in the air right now doing assessments, um, trying to see the aerial views. We've got, um, we will have FEMA people on the ground tomorrow doing assessments. More than 400,000 residents are being asked to boil their water as 16 water systems have been affected. Two American scientists and one from Sweden won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry. The men won for their work on mapping how cells repair damaged DNA. Their findings have also been used for the development of new cancer treatments. And the Houston Astros ended the New York Yankees season last night in the AL wildcard game. Houston's Dallas Keuchel threw six shutout innings in the 3-0 win. The Astros will now face Kansas City Thursday night. And tonight, it's the Cubs at the Pirates in the National League wildcard game. The Cubs' first postseason appearance since 2008. Go Cubs. How are, how are they going to do? You know, though I like the Pirates, too. That's do a you? tough one. Yeah. I do, too. But, I, you know, the, the Cubs are just, you know, they've got to win. They haven't won forever. No. It's time. Yeah. It's time. Well, apparently, the curse has been broken for the Cubs. I, I just read that last week. <laughs> It's over. It's over. Yeah, it's a World Series, Chris. Well, we they gotta got, I know the they got to get to the World Series. Yes, we right? got to get in there. So they got to win this to get to the World Series. Yes, but well, uh, they got to win this and then the National League uh, Championship before they get to the World Series. Yeah, yeah. 
but pirates tonight's cubs, one and done. You got to win tonight. If you just go for the mascot, who's got the advantage? A pirate or a cub? Mm, probably Seems a like pirate, a pirate. Sword. Does yeah. the pirate have a sword? Yeah. Does the pirate have a hook? Yeah. Yeah, but does the pirate have a patch? I don't know. I yes. haven't seen their mascot, so I don't no, know. No, they do. All pirates have patches. Okay. They yeah, maybe they do. That's how you know it's a pirate. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's a good way. That's how you make your bets, right? You mm-hmm. say, hey, uh, it's the pirate against the cub. Yep, the pirate wins. The pirate always mm-hmm. wins. And I talked about this yesterday, but so I'm just going to – we're going to say it again. Okay. But this there, this was a true story. I was flippant about it, as I'm flippant many times. But a Montana bow hunter survived a grizzly bear attack. He was being mauled, and he remembered a tip that he saw that he had learned, I guess, from his grandmother, that when you're being attacked by a grizzly mm-hmm. or any large animal, they have apparently a really delicate like gag reflex. They're very gaggy. Mm-hmm. Which, which you would too. Gag, I mean, the stuff they me. eat. Yeah. And if you're going to eat a raw salmon right out of the river. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's pretty gaggy. <laughs> so this, his name was Chase Delwo, uh, 26 years old. He's hunting with his brother. He comes face to face with a 350 to 400 pound male grizzly. And the grizzly just is like, I guess they just woke him up. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. No, because no. he still had his little, his little things on his eyes and he <laughs> flipped them off. And uh, Delwo woke up the bear and the bear just went crazy and basically clamped his mouth down on Delwo's head. Mm. Knocked him off his feet, bit his head. Oh. The bear bit Delwo's leg and shook him, tossing him in the air. And as the bear came to the man again, Delwo recalled the story that he read in the magazine. He said, I remembered an article that my grandmother gave me a long time ago that said large animals have bad gag reflexes. So I shoved my right arm down the bear's throat. <laughs> yep, like, uh, wow. That, that, okay. That stopped that. Oh, that bear good. sounds sick. <laughs> that's good. The bear sounds like a guy changing a diaper. Um <laughs> That would give you a but it reflex. saved Delwo, and then that that bear like just shook it off. You heard how bad the bear was hurting, mm-hmm. and the bear just walked away and thought, "Yuck, yuck, that tasted bad." That thing makes me gag. <laughs> I will never eat Delwo again. That's amazing that you could literally come to thinking of an yeah. article as yeah. you're getting mauled. So by everybody a bear. remember that. Yeah. Next when, time you're mauled by a bear or yeah. a sh- or a shark attack, maybe it's the same a thing. Shark for sure. Yeah. Or any large animal. I mean, let's say a moose attacks you. <laughs> Get yeah. your arm in their mouth. Down their throat. And, you know, the little the epiglottis thing, the thing that hangs you. at the back? Yeah. Ooh. Just pound Got on it. it. Just get in there and just pound on it like a punching bag. <laughs> that thing will be gagging. Could you do that again? One more time. <laughs> that thing will be gagging and you'll own it. We need to record that for our next sound, yeah. sound effect. <laughs> That's the epiglottis <laughs> bag workout. I'm telling you. Now, the downside to the whole thing, Mm -hmm. you got to get your hand in In the animal's mouth. It needs to open up wide enough to get your arm down there. But I really feel strongly that if you want to bad enough, you could get your hand in there. (laughs) Open. Like like a lion. If you're being attacked in the Serengeti by a lion or wherever, Mm -hmm. just get your arm in there. Like the dentist. Open. 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 Wider, 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 wider. Anyway, I don't think I would think like this. By the way, he had staples in his head. His face was swollen, deep puncture wounds on his legs, a swollen eye. He's lucky to be alive. But he's also, by the way, thankful for Grandma. Don't ever discount what Grandma taught you. Always remember what Grandma tells you. My Grandma taught me to always wear socks or you'll get colds. Or clean underwear. 
She never cared about the underwear. (laughs) If I died, I wouldn't have underwear, but I'd have my socks on. It's the weirdest thing. I'd have clean socks. And I never got it because I always thought like colds came from viruses. But no, apparently it's socks. It's always in the socks, folks. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Paul Powers will be joining us. He's going to talk pros and cons of a four-day work week. You know, maybe you are in a a job or an employer that – that might be open to this idea. So stick with us. Might be giving you some new ideas for how to take your life back. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Five days, ten days off. Friday come and we gotta stay home. Too many days and the brain gets soft. Friday come and we gotta stay home. Yes, we sir. Go to class on Monday and on you know what? Four day work Friday week. Friday's gum. Gotta be home, dude. Can't do that. Dr. Paul Powers is uh, going to be joining us in a few minutes. He is um, an expert on pros and cons of the four day work week. Don't you think we should just work Monday through Thursday? Have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off? I mean, really? We all need. A break except, folks, you may not know uh, really everything you're asking for when it comes to uh, a four-day work week. So Dr. Paul Powers is a management psychologist and consultant. He also is um, the author of the the recent book, Don't Wear Flip-Flops to Your Interview, and other obvious tips that you should be following to get the job you want, which was just released uh, this year, I believe. And he's here today to talk to us about the pros and cons of the four-day work week. Dr. Paul Powers, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Very pleased to be with you, Matt. Great to have you. Now, Paul, are you yourself a four-day-a-week guy? Well, I'm my own boss, which means I have a mean, uh, a mean boss. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I prefer to say that I work on flex time. Yeah, I love that. So uh, I do put in 40 or 50 hours a week every week, but, uh, you know, some of it can be in the evening, some of it can be on the weekends if I have some downtime. Um, but the the beauty of it is not so much the hours, it's the flexibility. It puts me in control, makes me feel more like my own boss, and that's, of course, uh, you know, what we're, what we're hoping for in the rest of the workforce right. is that people are, uh, you know, owning their own jobs so that they can uh, they can make them truly uh, works of art uh, and uh, you know things of their own creation rather than something that they're you know trudging in to do to uh, you know punch a time clock yeah. and just uh, spend those hours to make the donuts remember those go. old commercials the winchels i think they were commercials got to make the donuts we Time to uh, make the donuts do you remember and it's it really is it, it's so powerful if if you can have the flex time, if you can have the four day work week. What, what have you found are the, the kind of the the pros and the cons of the whole thing? I'm assuming a lot of us don't even quite know what it would look like to work four days a week. Well, I, I ask people at first to think about the holidays. You know, the government back uh, you know a, a generation ago decided to take some of our holidays to and do the best they could to convert them into three-day weekends. And boy, don't people really look forward oh. to getting that, that Monday off yeah. or even maybe a Friday off or that day after Thanksgiving. It just feels like a little mini vacation. So I ask people to, to summon up that, that feeling. 
which is a very positive. It's something to look forward to. Helps you recharge your batteries a little bit. Certainly good for uh, personal time, good for family time, you know, all, all of that. But again, uh, you got to remember the purpose of uh, the purpose of an employer is is not to be making you feel wonderful <laughs> as right. a human being. You know, hopefully for for the for the uh, ten to twenty percent of people that love their jobs, that's that's a wonderful uh, you know sort of outcome. But the purpose of employing people is to produce enough productivity so that you can afford to have them around. Yeah. So thus. It, it also enhances productivity. Again, I ask people to think back to when that uh, college term paper or thesis was, was due, and that the closer it was due, the more productive we got as the clock is ticking. And it's sort of like, uh, not to get into deflate gate, by the way, but it's <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit like physics in terms of that the work we do will expand to feel to fill the container of time right. in which we have to do it. So frankly, if we have less time to do it, we spend less time at the coffee machine. We spend less time in the cafeteria, uh, out on the loading dock, shooting the breeze with the guys, etc., etc. If we know, bam, I've only got four days to do this, um, I, I'm just going to be more efficient. I'm going to get more done uh, in the, the same amount of, in, in the amount of time I'm given. Do do you see a lot of organizations buying into it? I mean, is this is this something that's taken off? I remember, I don't. It was like maybe eight years ago or so um, in Utah. They they actually took state offices and made them four days a week, and it it created some chaos in scheduling. You know, your ability to go get certain records and certain things done could only be done uh, well, on certain was, days. That was yeah, and and a good experiment it was. Um, but then again, uh, yeah, we have to remember that the first time uh, uh, Edison experimented with a filament for light bulb, it didn't work. <laughs> right. So he, he continued to look for new options and how to improve this process. So say, for example, we have a, a state department of – and by the way, many state governments are experimenting with this. There's more experimentation going on. To get back really specifically to your question, there are some companies – and organizations, hospitals uh, are, are big ones, uh, state governments, uh, local governments that are, uh, that are adopting this. There are many more that are experimenting with it to see if it works for them, and that's what's important. Uh, if, if you have people who are coming on a, a Friday or a Monday to get their driver's license, for example, because it has expired and there's no one there, right. well, now that organization has a problem. However, if you say that uh, if we have some people that work on Mondays and some people work on Fridays and you may have reduced hours, et cetera, et cetera, as long as those office hours are covered, the, the essential mission of the organization is being accomplished, then I have to really say that the only reason not to go with a four-day work week, or as I prefer to call it, the three-day weekend, uh, the four-day go to, with the four-day work week, is the notion uh, coming back from the industrial revolution that if me as the supervisor, I'm not talking about a manager, I'm not talking about a true leader, I'm talking about a supervisor to make sure you're not goofing off. Um, if you need to be supervising your people to make sure that they're there and they're doing their job, uh, then um, 
and that's an issue of your business, your your management style. Uh, but yet, on the on the flip side of that, if you trust your people, if you know what their deliverables are, if they feel responsible, if you've hired the right people who are independently minded and they you know want to achieve at their job and they want to show good results and you're managing them that way then you don't have to be looking over their shoulder right the, the, the workers I see today uh, I started consulting it seems I had hard to believe I've been doing this for 30 years um, especially the younger folks that are coming into our workplace are so much better trained uh, are so bright, are so eager that um, sometimes it's hard to restrain them. Uh-huh. Say, hey, look, here's, hey, you got to slow down, man. Work week, get the heck out of here. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it, I, maybe this is so much just about a paradigm, Paul. Because if you grew up in a five-day work week paradigm uh, without technology, you know, encyclopedia days where the knowledge was in the encyclopedia, compared to now, I just think if I just if I only knew a four-day work week. And I knew what I had to get done. I bet I could do it in ten hours a day. I could, Absolutely. I could get it done, especially with the advancements in technology and everything else we've got going. Not to mention the mere fact that nowadays it's not a five-day work week because I still take my phone home and I still get emails, uh-huh. and I still am being impacted by that. And the research, the social psychology research, and the health research is is has been coming in for a couple of years, and more of it comes in every few months, that that is not a healthy uh, process. Right. Being hooked, being hooked uh, by the electronic umbilical to work 24-7 uh, means that people uh, are working all the time. They're, they're focused on work. Uh, they're reluctant to take their vacations. And again, let's focus on why do organizations give vacations because they're warm and fuzzy and they're like your mommy and they love you <laughs> no it's because when you come back from a good rest a good recharge a change of venue you're more creative you have more energy and thus you're more productive you're of more value to the enterprise that that's why we have vacations uh, from from the workforce just and and the, the flip side is is, you know, in addition to all the time we waste in the car or the train or the subway and all the extra money oh. we spend at the dry cleaners yeah. and, and all of that, um, we have studies that show that women who live farther away from work tend to die sooner than those who live closer oh, due man. to the stress of traveling. With one day less of travel, we not only cut back on the risk, cut back on our carbon footprint, should you care about sure. that, and we have more money in our pockets. So thus we're getting paid. We're giving ourselves a little bit of a raise, which, of course, again, is a boost to morale. There you go. Ah, you know what, Paul? I think, uh, I think we're on to something here. Um, let's take a break. We're speaking again with Dr. Paul Powers from the website drpaulpowers.com. He's also the author of the book, Don't Wear Flip-Flops to Your Interview and Other Obvious Tips That You Should Be Following to Get the Job You Want. We'll take a break. Continue this discussion about the pros and cons of a four-day work week. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Hey, today we're talking about the pros and cons of a four-day work week. If you had the chance to do it, would you go after a four-day work week? Maybe four tens? You know, is it going to work for you? Does Is that the way? Or do you like the everyday, let's just go in, spend our eight hours a day? The reality is, too, it seems like it's not even ever, you're, you're never just spending 40 hours at work, right? So... Would a four-day work week really be like four twelves? Anyway, like we've been learning, the work we do will expand to fill the time we've allotted to it. And as humans, we tend to procrastinate. I don't know. Maybe we knew we do need a supervisor watching over us, making sure that we're there every day, doing it, making it happen. Doctor Paul Powers is joining us, and he is the author of the book "Don't uh, Wear Flip Flops" to your interview and other obvious tips that you should be following to get the job you want. He is a management psychologist and a consultant, and he's here today to talk to us about the four-day work week. Dr. Paul Powers, welcome back to the show. My pleasure. My pleasure. So um, are there, what are the cons? What's, what's the downside to a four-day work week? To me, it sounds great, especially if it doesn't stretch into a four-twelves, so, you know, 48 hours of work. But is there a downside to all of it? Well, I don't, I, I don't see many except for the fact that we as human beings don't evolve quickly. We don't change quickly. Uh, people who tell me that, oh, they're very change-skilled and, um, you know, they can, uh, they can adapt very easily, I tell them that, well, as an experiment, we sent someone out to your, uh, your car in the parking lot and we had them change all the buttons on your radio to see how you like that. <laughs> and people, people stop for a minute and they look at me. And I say, okay, I haven't done that. But, but that feeling of, oh, my God, someone was in my space. They were changing things right. around. That's hard for me. I, I suggest if you want to do a little experiment at home to see how change-skilled you are, uh, take your alarm clock or your clock radio or whatever you use and put it on the other side of the bed. Go into the bathroom. Move your toothbrush and your toothpaste to the other side of the sink. Move a few basic things that you do every day the same thing, the same way, the same time, day after day, and try to change them. And you will suddenly see that we as human beings do not evolve very quickly. Yeah. A few years ago, they found a well, actually, now about 15 years ago, they found up in the Alps, the, the remain as the, uh, the snow cap uh, uh, goes away, um, they found uh, this hunter who is, you know, a thousand years old, and uh, you know, he had uh, very uh, warm clothes, and he had had uh, some mushrooms for medicine, and you know, very highly evolved in, in many ways. And I said, "Wow, way up there in the mountains and whatnot." And uh, they finally result the the results came back. This, you know, and he was a man. And my wife said, well, of course he's a man. He hadn't stopped and asked for directions. That's, that's, <laughs> he was that's up, why he was stuck dead. on the side of the mountain. <laughs> on the side of the mountain. <laughs> and, he was a, and, and we as human beings, uh, uh, you know, I t- tell that to men to say, you know, do, is it easy for you to stop and ask for directions? And their answer is, well, with GPS now, I don't have to. I don't have to rely on others. I don't have to change my habits or my behaviors. Uh, think of the places where we park. Uh, you know, as, as an example. So we get into a routine. We as human beings, uh, we tend to do the same thing day after day, week after week. So, so adapting uh, to a changed schedule sometimes is a little discombobulated. Right. Oh, oh by, by the way, if you're a human resource person, uh, you now have to jockey uh, people's work schedules, and that requires a little bit more work. 
And so that, I guess, could be considered a downsize, except, oh, by the way, for human resource people, that's their, that's their job. Is to, uh, right. is to accommodate people's people's needs, and oh, by the way, when people have a four day work week or a three day weekend, um, they feel happier. They have more time for their life. They have more time for their children. And the research again found a, you know a meta analysis of over two hundred. I think it was like two hundred and twenty, two hundred twenty five studies found that happy employees have on average thirty one higher percent productivity, ah. three times higher creativity. That it's it's God's gift to productivity and organizational development. Not to mention the benefits to family time. Now there there are some glitches. Let's consider that I want my weekend, but I you know the traditional Saturday and Sunday kind of weekend. But yet I'm in retail. Right well, now we're going to have to do some work because uh, Saturdays and Sundays are the busiest days for retail. So maybe your weekend, does your, even your extended weekend, it doesn't end up on the weekend anymore. So that requires uh, some adjustment. But the eight-hour workday, which, by the way, the, the organized uh, labor movement uh, earned for us all a few generations ago, uh, I talked to many professionals that say, if I only had an eight-hour workday, at least if I'm, um, we're being square with each other and saying I'm here 10 hours a day, but I only have to be here four days, then in fact, this whole sort of work expanding, you know, the number of hours we're yeah. there, et cetera, et cetera, is, is uh, a benefit to people's uh, personal lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, to have the freedom, to have uh, the opportunity to, because it would alter our family lives. You could even, as a family... If you're a dual-income family, you could rotate, you know, dad works Tuesday through Friday, mom works Monday through Thursday, and you now have a parent home, or parents were working only three days out of the week. It could be really a cool opportunity for everybody. Well, good for the kids, good for the parents and the kids to bond and spend time together, et cetera, et cetera. But it also, again, drops to the family bottom line of only needing to pay for professional daycare three out of five days. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so when you think about it, would would there be the day, though, that we, we do move this to a four-hour work week and the efficiency of the younger generation, they're much more efficient with their technology or what have you, would they then just end up paying less? Would it impact how we pay? No, because, uh, well, I, I guess some companies can try to kind of get away with that. But what that will do is negatively impact their recruiting costs. That's true. Again, um, uh, the, the whole notion of having, you know, more flexible, uh, more flexibility at work and whatnot uh, tends to uh, uh, save us money in recruiting. Uh, the employee uh, recruiting costs of uh, employment agencies, uh, contingency agencies, uh, retained executive uh, 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 recruiters, executive headhunters, etc. That's a billion dollar. Mm. In fact, it's supposed to be now a little bit lot more than that. Uh, a billion dollar plus industry in the United States. We could drive those costs down if uh, my if my, I could drive my company's costs down uh, if it was easier for me to recruit people. And uh, by the way, also improving working conditions helps me retain employees. So I don't have to go out and replace as many of them. So again, that's another human resource uh, uh, savings 
that drops to the bottom line. So I should probably, if I'm interested in this, I, I could be talking to my bosses about it. And I guess one of the keys is I'd have to show productivity, right? I'd have to show that I'm I'm producing just as much. Absolutely. I would start with um, there was an article in Shape magazine recently that that, that you know pretty much uh, I documented uh, all of these studies and whatnot. I would start by uh, going online. They can go to my website, by the way, and and and, and download it, drpaulpowers.com, and bring it in to human resource people and say, I'd like you to read this. I'd like us to have an open forum. Let's have a town me- company town meeting. Let's discuss this. See if we might at least try it to see how it works out for our business because I think it's a good business idea. Again, we're not talking about something that, oh, this is kind of warm and fuzzy, yada, yada, you know, kumbaya, et cetera, et cetera. This is a good, solid business idea. Let's discuss it. Let's see how we might try it. You know, there's going to be, you're an over-the-road driver. Uh, You're a bus driver. There may be many situations where it doesn't work. However, the reality is already that there's some, I forget exactly what the number is. I think it's, uh, you know, it's over 40% of companies are already offering uh, flexible four-day work weeks to to some employees. Again, it might not fit all employees within your organization, and it might not fit all organizations. But um, uh, but let's try it. It's a great idea. Well, and it might even be a way to stand out. I mean, if you're proactive enough to go get the article, in fact, we just posted it on our Twitter feed. So at Dr. Matt Show, there will be a link to, to the article and to your site there, um, uh, drpaulpowers.com. But it might make a, be a way that I can go stand out with my boss and say, hey, this look at me. I really want to try this. I think it would work. Let me be the tester. And if I go hit it out of the park, I stand out. Well, one of the one of the ways to get promoted in a competitive environment is to be focusing on unmet needs, to be producing creative uh, solutions to problems that exist, to look to where my creativity, my ideas, uh, my options, my discussions, my teamwork with other people can improve the bottom line. It's it's being uh, an integral part of the enterprise rather than I'm here to punch my ticket, I'm here as a worker bee, uh, and I want to leave most of my brain power on the doorstep as I work in, as I walk in. And a lot of, a lot of organizations, uh, uh, I work with organizations who are looking to get away from that mentality. I call it uh, sort of the, 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 the borough complex where people still are thinking in terms of the carrot and the stick. Yeah. Uh, that works well for donkeys, works well for burros, uh, really doesn't work at all well for human beings. Human beings are not motivated by a stick or a carrot. They are motivated by independence, by flexibility, by challenge, by the quality of their colleagues. Those are the things that move people to motivation. Yeah, move people to be more productive, and 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 so part of that is me seeing that I need to I need to kind of be my own my own my own product my own company where where I I'm fighting for a new way of doing this, but I'm bringing something to the company that is unique and and will will cooperate, will work together on it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like my career becomes my my job, yeah. uh, which is a part of my my career as I'm building it becomes my own little enterprise, and I'm looking for I'm looking for ways every day to improve things beyond just the scope of my job. That's how one gets recognized. And once one gets recognized, that's how one gets promoted, and that's hmm. how one gets raises, and those are all good things. Yeah, and we, I guess when we when we as we're wrapping this up, Paul, does there's there's no harm to trying it, but be informed. So we've got to get we got to get that article you're talking about, and uh, at some point though, you if you're not liking your current condition, it might also be worth you know looking into other options finding other organizations that may be more that are more supportive of this life is too short i tell people all the time life is too short to be miserable 40 or 50 hours a week uh if you are not happy in your job the first thing i suggest you do is take a good look in the mirror are you in the right job are you putting enough into it so that you're getting enough out of it or are you sitting there you know expecting to be rewarded for something you're not producing now if if that is not the case then maybe you need to look at the function you're in maybe working in the financial end of things or the administration end of things is not your cup of tea you should be looking at a different job different type of job However, again, we answer that question, say, no, really, you know, I'm an accounting type of gal. I really love this, but et cetera, et cetera, but it's still not working out. Well, that now the question becomes, if it's not you and your attitude and your work habits and your work ethic and all that, and if it's not the function, that is the job itself, well, maybe it's the environment. And at that point, it may well be appropriate to start getting a couple of my books and figuring out uh, how to change jobs, yeah. how to move forward. But... Uh, a good job is a hard thing to find. No two ways about it. It's, yeah. it's a full. It can be a full time job looking for a job. So that I would. I don't. Even though I sell books about job change, I would always have people take the first two steps first before they think of strapping on their parachute and bailing out. Yeah. Yeah. Think it through. Right. Absolutely. Think it through and get the tools. Well, we appreciate you. Again, a great resource. If you go to um, Dr., uh, drpaulpowers.com, great uh, tools, resources there. And also go look out for his books, Don't Wear Flip-Flops to Your Interview, and other obvious tips that you should be following to get the job you want, and Winning Job Interviews, both, uh, both great books. Another book, by the way, Love Your Job, Love the Job You Have, and Finding a Job You Love. All great resources to uh, to make sure you're taking advantage of it. And don't jump, folks, without the shoot and making sure that uh, this is the right play. Uh, just insight. That's all we're trying to give you. It's some more tools, some more information. Four-day work weeks, not a bad idea if you can make it work and if you can uh, educate your, your bosses about it. Stick with us. We'll come back, do a little Coach's Corner. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about the pros and cons of a four-day work week. I don't know. I, mean, I would love it. But again, it's happening already. More and more people are getting their own careers. They're becoming their own boss. It's a weird day and age when it comes to business. And so 
One of the things I guess I would just challenge all of us to do is go. You're no longer bound to just have to choose the jobs that are out there. I mean, I I kind of invented my own job, which is now an amalgam of four jobs. But when I started, there was no such thing as coaching for marriages and relationships. It didn't exist. But I always knew I wanted to somehow work with couples and help people learn to talk. Ever since my parents divorced as a kid, I thought, I want to help people learn to talk. And I could never figure out what job that was. So some people would say, oh, that's, you know, that's a lawyer. And so I started thinking, oh, let's go to law school. And I got into that. And I'm like, they're not helping people talk. They're kind of helping people fight. They're talking for people. Okay, so that's not it. Then everyone else was like, that's therapy. So I went into therapy and I learned about Freud. And I'm like, that dude's weird. And then I, that wasn't working. So then you can go into speech therapy. I found out that's not that's for people with speech impediments and problems. It didn't exist. The job didn't exist. And so sometimes you're ahead of your time. But I just kind of kept studying and figuring out what I loved, what I liked, got into interpersonal communication. I remember taking a class in at the university and thinking, "Oh, this is the greatest. This is everyone needs to take this class." The, the reality then I found out a little bit later is that nobody will pay for their relationship skills until their relationship is bleeding. You know, it's like nobody pays just for preventative help at the doctor. Usually very few people go there preventatively. You don't necessarily go to the nutritionist to just get a really good diet until usually you've had a heart attack. Then you're like, I need a nutritionist that can help me get a good diet. So because we're so reactive – no one historically would pay for help. So then I decided I'll become a mediator and I became a divorce mediator helping couples that were divorcing. I, I taught them how to talk and mediate. And right then it dawned on me, people will pay when they're in pain and I figured out how you can make a job out of it. But now, ironically, 10 years, the last 10 years, the coaching world has taken off. Now there's executive coaches, there's real estate coaches. There's coaches that can help you in any profession. There's a you know. There's just a, there's somebody now that can do that. So we're in a day and age where what used to happen and what you used to be able to do, you can now do. The technology's there where you can do it all on your MacBook. You can make your PowerPoints in such an incredible way and do graphics, and you can have your own production company all because you have a camera, even an iPhone. And a MacBook. There's there's fewer and fewer obstacles, except the biggest obstacle is our head. Do you think you can have it? Do you think you can get ahead? And by the way, even if you're a blue-collar kind of worker versus white-collar, we always seem to be thinking that this is a white-collar advantage, right? If, you, if you're like in the executive C-suite, sure, you can do some of this stuff. But it's not just for the white-collar client, I think you could probably, you can go start your own thing. I don't have the money to start your own thing. Well, guess what? There are a ton of organizations that will help you. Go to your local community colleges and there's business incubators at every single community college now. There's, there's places where you can go in with a business idea and the, and the actual universities or community colleges will help you make your businesses and your business goals come true. They'll even give you space to rent. 
They'll even bring you in coaches that will coach you through stuff. And there's there's uh, there's other scholarships and other tools and grants that you can get as a female, as a minority. There's so many other opportunities. So if you have a dream to make uh, your own life yours, then let's do it. Let's do it. But don't give up and don't just roll over. And if you want more time for your family, let's do it. Honestly, we you have the ability but you got to make it a priority, and we can't just keep drinking the Kool-Aid from 30 years ago. The five-day work week may not jive and may not be appropriate for the remainder of our lives. We're advancing in technology. We could easily advance in our work schedule. Let's push on our bosses a bit. I'd love to see it happening more, if, especially if it's going to get you some freedom and some time to go be with your family and take care of the relationships you love the most. Okay, Don't give up on your dreams, folks. They're there. And, I mean, again, believe me, I'm not special. I just, I'm just relentless. I just keep pounding and making stuff happen for me. Um, you can do the same, I promise. We'll take a break, my friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Back next hour, more tools, more ideas to help you find the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your life coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you all you need. The tools, the information, the insight, just the latest research on how to grow a healthier, happier life for yourself, for your family. Welcome to the program. It's Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week day. Mm. It's also, by the way, bathtub day. <laughs> love a good bathtub. Do you love a good soap? I do, yeah. I haven't Don't soaked. you love it with the Whirlpool jets and things? That's nah. the best. Yeah, no? Not after a hard workout? Yeah. Well... You'd need a workout. <laughs> I, okay. I could imagine I if I had had a workout. That. Yeah, I would. That would work. I would. I would want that. <laughs> but I don't. I don't have work those. Out. I don't see the need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's bathtub day, and they should have a shower day. Yeah. Right. I bet that's coming up. You think so? You'll find one of those. Yeah. You can make it up. Let's make it up. I think they make them up anyway. Totally just make it up. Yeah. It's bathtub day. Today, um, also, we are going to be speaking with Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell about integrity in the classroom. Do you remember that story of those football players from John Jay football, uh, from John Jay High School in San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. the two that the two hit that the, the, mm-hmm. the official? Right. I mean, I guess throughout that entire thing, there were other players that were like pushing the ball uh, when they'd hand the ball off, they'd shove it in that official's um, gut and stuff. It just They were just brutes. And, you know, we've heard a million different stories as to what caused what. And But in the end today, we're talking about integrity in the classroom, integrity on the football field, integrity with our students. Are we Are we as parents, are we as leaders demanding as much integrity from our kids? We know that cheating is on the rise in our high schools. We know that there's a lot of uh, you know, kind of weird stuff going on. And some of that just comes from the flat-out pressure that our children may be feeling about this idea of, of getting into these colleges. And it's there's a ton of pressure. They've got to perform. 
And so a lot of the people that are cheating aren't even those that you would think would need to cheat. Those are, they're the ones that are just trying to keep their advantage. So we'll be getting into that subject in just a few minutes with Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell uh, talking integrity. And also, uh, you, you have three boys. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever been called to the school? We won't name names. No, I haven't. You haven't? Your I boys have are not. that great. Yeah, you got good kids. Have <laughs> uh, you? Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I've had people. Oh, yeah, sure. I have been called to the school. You mean for them doing something wrong or yeah. – I mean, obviously, you go for parent-teacher, yeah. but literally called from the office, no. Have you ever had the cops call your house? Oh, no. For your Thank kids? Thank goodness, no. Oh, wow. You've got great kids. <laughs> I, I haven't either. Uh, I've no. had the cops called on two of my first three kids. Four? Well, one, my daughter was out with a gang of hoodlums. Walking around, and they would stand on both sides of the street. Mm-hmm. And when a car was coming, they'd bend over and look like they were picking up a rope. And then they'd pretend to pull on the rope. There was a, no rope. Right. And the, ki- the cars would stop. Well, a cop came up, and they did it to a cop. Oh, whoops. And so they, the cops got out, turned their lights on. A bunch of them ran. My daughter didn't. And uh, we got a call from mm-hmm. Officer Kinnersley. You still remember the oh, name. Oh, well, yeah, because wow. he knew me. He's oh. like, he's <laughs> he like uh, is, is this Matt Townsend? I'm like, yep. And he's like, uh, I've got your daughter here. This is a, this is. She was at the police station? She was in this car. Oh, okay. Cuffed, Cuffed. tased, coming <laughs> dazed and tased. But uh, so she got in trouble there. And then we got another call that was basically, uh, you need to get over to the elementary school. And uh, oh, boy. we pull up and there's a fire truck, I believe, and cop cars. And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, what did he do? And my son's standing there. And we're like, what's up, dude? And he's like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? He says, so uh, he was with his friends at the school. And they all climbed, not all of them, because my son couldn't climb a pole. <laughs> so two of his friends climbed poles, got oh. on a light, and jumped onto the roof of the school. Oh, okay. But he couldn't climb the pole. I mean, he could, but he was smart enough to like, then you have to jump. I'm not going to risk my life. So he's just like, I'm not doing that. So he walked. uh, He was like, okay. Anyway, they couldn't get down. Mm. So he was walking away to go get the ladder to get him down. And the cops pulled up. Oh, boy. And he thought that they were yelling at the guys on the roof, but apparently they were yelling at him and they thought he was trying to get away. And so he got in trouble. You do have hoodlums. My, my. It's pretty bad. So we got to go play music at a rest home. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was your punishment. Yeah. In fact, we were putting oh, that's good. we were putting his mission papers together, and they said, "Have you ever been arrested?" Uh oh. Well, yeah. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, you have." It's like, "Well, no, I didn't get arrested. <laughs> arrested wasn't officially yeah. arrested." But you know that it's uh, you know what it is. It's my wife's side of the family. You know, you did that very calmly because I think most parents, when they say, "What did you do?" Oh yeah. Said, no. "Hey, what's up, dude?" I mean, he wasn't on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad my kids can't climb. Yeah, for sure. Because my kids would be dead by now. Get your climbing jeans. Anyway, we're talking about our kids, how to maybe raise kids with a little more integrity, a little, you know, fewer police records, less cheating. My big thing was just, I always told my kids, if you see someone that is being picked on, you don't get involved and you stick up for that person. Yeah. That was our big thing. That's cool. Yeah. So they they did that. I hope they did. I mean, I hope they did that. No, they did. You've got great kids. That one just 
really yeah, bothers bullying me when kids is, get picked yeah, on. I agree. Yeah. I don't like that either. And that's all part of what we're going to be getting into about our children. How can we create more character, teach more character with our kids? But before we do that, let's get to, to the queen of character, <laughs> Kathy Aiken. <laughs> Kathy. She? Oh, boy. Good morning, everyone. The rain has stopped in South Carolina, but residents are preparing for a second round of flooding as swollen rivers head toward the ocean. In downtown Columbia, hundreds of workers rush to repair a breach in a canal that's threatening the water supply. Residents have been asked to boil their water, something they may have to do for quite some time. Yesterday was the first day without rain since September 24th. Here's Governor Nikki Haley. The next 36 to 48 hours are going to be a time that we need to continue to be careful. Haley quickly got a federal disaster declaration from President Obama, which frees up money and resources for the state. The FBI investigation into Hillary Clinton's email situation now includes data from a second tech company. Datto Incorporated out of Connecticut was hired to back up data from Clinton's server. Officials say it's not clear whether the backup company has all of Clinton's emails from her time as Secretary of State. By the way, the first Democratic debate, October 13th. According to a Fox News report, Russian fighter jets have shadowed U.S. Predator drones on three separate occasions above Syria since Russia began its air campaign last week. The Russians have not shot down any of the drones flying over ISIS-controlled areas, but flew close enough to make their presence known. Pentagon Press Secretary Peter Cook says they're open to more talks with the Russians, though no date has been established. The Justice Department is scheduled to release nearly 6,000 federal prisoners at the end of the month. The move is part of a new sentencing guideline for drug crimes established last year. The guidelines will reduce penalties on certain nonviolent drug offenders. The time frame for the release is October 30th through November 2nd. The airstrike on a Doctors Without Borders hospital in Afghanistan was a mistake. That according to General John F. Campbell during a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing yesterday. We would never intentionally target a protected medical facility. I must allow the investigation to take its course, and therefore I'm not at liberty to discuss further specifics at this time. The attack on the hospital killed 19 people. Doctors Without Borders is calling for an international investigation. The U.S. military has pledged a full investigation of its own. Three scientists were awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. The men, one from Sweden, one American, and a U.S. Turkish researcher, won the award for their work uncovering how cells repair damaged DNA, research that could help develop new cancer treatments. The men will split the prize money just under $1 million. Speaking of prize money, the winner of the latest Powerball jackpot has come forward. 50-year-old Julie Leach of Three Rivers, Michigan is a supervisor at a fiberglass company and the sole winner of $310.5 million. Oh, I quit automatically. (laughs) I was done. She quit her job at the fiberglass factory, a job she called nasty and dirty. The mother of three chose a lump sum of $197.4 million, and after taxes, it comes down to $140 million. Matt, you got your hiking shoes ready? Oh, yeah. I don't leave. Well, I've got them today because I brought all my shoes for my photo shoot. Well, you can join 29-year-old Bethany Hughes. She's getting for a walk. Yeah. A actually very long walk. She's attempting to become the first documented woman to travel the length of the Americas from wow. Argentina to Alaska. Why? It's a trap. <laughs> I have no idea. She's doing it entirely by non-motorized means, and it's 20,000 miles. It would begin in December and take an estimated five years to complete. <sighs> Could you imagine that? A five-year goal five year of walk. walking. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, she spent several years planning the journey, saving most of the 12000 she'll need every year to make it 
the five years. Crazy. That's Good also, I mean, that's a ton of shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's worked it out so that she'll be able to be sent packages in certain towns that she crosses yeah. through. So, yeah, I think she, she knows Taekwondo. She kind of learned that because she knows she's mm-hmm. going to be in some scary areas. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, there'll be there's going to be parts where she'll be joined by other people, but being alone in certain areas would kind of be you know, scary. I've got a great He's ready. Yeah, she's going to take him on. <laughs> I've got a great idea. Um, I'm going to break a record like that, but okay. when I'm older. Mm-hmm. Like, and what's the record? Okay. What are you going to do? I'm going to go. That's I didn't think of that. But you can go from, <laughs> you can go from like Argentina mm-hmm. to Alaska in a jazzy scooter. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I'm like 75, uh-huh. you probably have to get it with some like all-terrain wheels. Oh sure. You know, for, yeah. I mean, I'll soup terrain. it up. Uh-huh, don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> I'll I'll jack it up a bit. And but don't you think that's great? Because we don't have like the the aged doing stuff no. like this. No, and I think that would be great. And then you don't have to walk. Yeah, that's just a lot of that wasted would be a, energy. That would be a motorized way, though, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't get that record of non motorized. But that would still no, be good. Well, I, I drag my foot. Yeah. <laughs> kick up some dust. <laughs> I drag my. Foot. I could be the one yeah. in the wheelchair that just walks myself in the wheelchair. Yeah, all and the you way. could just have a motorized, you know, yeah. hovering in, in the incl- inclement weather. I think that would be a great idea. I would Marty go with you, or sure. would she? Would she? Oh, yeah. We'll get a dual jazzy. There you go. I guess that's a golf cart. <laughs> but we're going to uh, – because I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do in retirement. Yeah, now there I you know. go. Because yeah. I mean, you can do these things when you're older. Yeah, you can. Who cares if it's motorized or not? Not me. See, and by then, by that time, it's probably going to be so oh. technologically advanced yeah. that it'll be – it probably will go, you that's know, right. 30, 40 miles an hour. I may as well just drive. <laughs> there you go. I'll just drive. And I'll drive a Cadillac. Yeah. I'll go get a Cadillac, listen to to Sirius XM radio the whole way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Listen, listen to, listen to Ben. Ben will take your job. And... I could fly. It's not a bad idea either. <laughs> fly from, <laughs> from Argentina <laughs> to Alaska. Mm. Be the first guy to do that at age 75. <laughs> Good stuff. See? That's my goal. My goal in life is very simple. It's a Ooh, very look simple at me. goal. I'm making people happy. I'm the magical man from Happy Land in a gumdrop house at Lollipop Lane. That's my goal. Homer and I share something in common. Making people happy. We're going to take a break, my friends. When we come back, we're talking about integrity in the classroom with Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell. Stick with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, You know, we've been talking over and over. There's so many stories in the news, so many different things going on when it comes to our children. Just just interactions that, you know, cheating going on, bullying going on in in the classroom. But uh, on top of it all is just the pressure that our children feel uh, to beat out and their fellow classmates and to, to get into college. College admissions are more competitive than ever. Uh, there's a greater variety of and easier to use methods of cheating now than ever before. Um, it's it's a it's a tough time to have integrity and to learn integrity as our as our youth. Um, in fact, a recent study noted that 40 percent of U.S. faculty members have ignored cases of cheating in their courses. Uh, our guest today, Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, is the founder of Roots of Action, a research-based website about positive youth development. 
and a fellow at the Institute for Social Innovation at Fielding Graduate University, where she researches how children become engaged members of civil society. Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you, Matt. It's nice to be here. Great to have you there. By the way, I am a Fielding alum. You're kidding. I have a PhD from there as well. I didn't realize that. It's a powerful, uh, I think it's just a wonderful place. And I, I love what you're doing. Um, talk to us a little bit about Roots, uh, Roots of Action, your, that organization you've set up. Well, thank you. It, it, it is a, a website to, uh, to, to really uh, share stories and research about positive youth development. Um, my, uh, my interest in youth development really came from uh, imagining what young people, uh, the kinds of citizens that they will become uh, when, when they become adults. And so my, my research uh, with civically engaged kids sort of grew into this website where now it's, it's become uh, not just about kids who do service and, and um, develop empathy and integrity and so forth, but my research has expanded uh, to include what are those core abilities that that all children need in order to thrive in a society that is becoming increasingly complex. Oh yeah, and, right? and it's it's like it's almost like your website. Is, so it's an appreciative approach to uh, to focusing on what kids are doing well or what they could do better and, and, and showing examples of that instead of what we might hear in the news, which is might be example right. after example of the negative stuff. Exactly. And I think that that's really the, the primary lens in which uh, media and many people have these days of, of young people. It's a deficit approach. So most people look at young people and say, how do we fix them? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, the the opposite of that is to look at young people and say, how do we how do we nurture the strengths that they have in order to help them uh, become uh, engaged adults? Yeah, and, and to me, that's it's easier it's easier to fix something if we know what healthy looks like instead of and we we do this in the media all the time. We just keep redescribing what unhealthy looks like. Like exactly. and simultaneously having the stories, knowing the things, the skills that they need to have, uh, it helps. In fact, you've written a book called um, "Tomorrow's Changemakers: Reclaiming the Power of Citizenship for a New Generation." And and I know one of the parts that that is I think critical to all of it is 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 somehow instilling um, integrity uh, and and basic other principles: self awareness, resiliency. Yes. What. What what do you think's happening? Are, why aren't these? I mean, it seems like these ideas, these principles, used to used to just be a, a part of the common core that everybody would learn. What, where are they going? You know, if if I had the uh, true answer to that, I suppose um, uh, we you know we we'd have some real solutions. Unfortunately, as you probably can guess, it's it's pretty complex. Yeah. My you know my take on this is that one of the big drivers of uh, cheating and uh, the the drive to succeed at any cost has come from the last number of years of uh, where it started with No Child Left Behind, where we began to focus on test scores 
and that that has become the primary driver of K through 12 education. Yeah. So um, we are, we have created a pressure cooker for our kids, and it's yeah it, it, it when you're in a pressure cooker that's uh, you respond you know you 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 do what everybody else is doing in order to get ahead and so do parents yeah parent parents want their kids to succeed of course and uh, so and teachers want kids to succeed teachers often don't want to deal with uh, cases of cheating like you mentioned uh, in your earlier yeah. comments because they don't want to rock the boat they don't want to deal with angry parents who then come in and challenge them uh you know challenge their decision to uh provide consequences mm. to their children for cheating it's like look the other way it's just easier to just look the other way it is it is and uh you know statistics show us that cheating is becoming uh, so rampant in our in our schools. It's starting very early in elementary schools, uh, where kids just basically learn to bend the rules in order to win a competitive game, even yeah. against their classmates. And by the time they get to high school, we know that about seventy five percent of students admit to some sort of academic misconduct. Wow, seventy five percent, and yet. I mean, and again, I guess you could get through life, you know, bending the rules here, bending the rules there. But it, it just seems like, but but what are we becoming, right? I mean, so we, I guess it gets us into Harvard or it gets us into a, a, a really difficult school to get into. But right. where does it ever end? I mean, I mean, at some point we're, we know how we got there. It, exactly. And, and I think that, uh, you know, someone uh, just asked me the other day, well, where, you know, what's the solution? Where does it stop, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and I think that the only solution is, is that it stops when people begin to say that we've crossed a line. And sometimes that's a teacher, sometimes that's a parent, and often that's the child themselves. And I think, you know, everybody's sort of waiting for society to change. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, this is a societal problem. Yes, it is. But where does that change happen? I think it, it happens at the grassroots of society. No, it's us. It's right. It's, it's, it is. It's, it's us. We, <laughs> it's we keep, family. yeah, we want our president or our administrators or the department of education. We want someone else to own right. this, but it's me. It's, and right. I guess that's hard too, because if I'm a parent and I'm not getting the feedback from my teachers, that but maybe I ought to, you know, probe more, ask the ask questions more. Have you ever seen my child cheating? Have you ever seen any of these things? Well, and I, you know, I think that when you, when you think about what integrity is, um, and and I think it's important to kind of go back to defining what it is. It really is our ability to act in ways are consistent with the values, the beliefs, and the moral principles that we claim to hold. So integrity is really different for every individual. Uh, You know, beliefs can be religious beliefs. Beliefs can be, you know, just values about um, whether, you know, I respect human beings, whether I um, uh, give of myself to help the common good, 
right? So that, you know, we've got, um, we've got our personal values, our family values that are very important, and every family has different values. Yeah. Um, but what's, ha- what's not happening as much today, I think, you know, your earlier question about or, or comment about how this has changed over time is I think um, it used to be where family values were more consistently um, fostered in families around the dining room table, around Sunday dinner, you know, it's, um, it's, and, and now life is so complex that kids are going in all different directions um, and families aren't taking the time to really talk about values like they used to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you're not getting it from, you know, the your church or religious affiliations, if you're not getting it from a specific, you know, structured place, like I got it from scouting growing up, if you don't get it from right. somewhere, then it doesn't necessarily just just happen to us. We're speaking with Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, and um, she is uh, the founder of Roots of Action, which is a research-based website about positive youth development. You really ought to go check it out. It's a great website. She's also um, uh, a fellow at the Institute for Social Innovation at Fielding Graduate University and is helping all of us, and especially our children, learn to become more uh, civically uh, focused and um, community-centered. So. Stick with us, folks. We'll take a break, come back, continue this discussion about raising uh, a child with integrity and and other principles like curiosity and empathy. Stick with us, folks. We'll continue the discussion after the break. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. On the phone with us is Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, and she's uh, here to teach us today a little bit uh, more about how we how we bring integrity a little bit back more into our children's lives uh, in the classroom, as well as just how do we help them start to become more, um, you know, uh, more, more of a member of a civil society, maybe more community centered. Um, and and magnify some of the other talents and gifts and things that that we maybe don't s- spend so much time on. Other things like self awareness, resiliency, sociability, curiosity. Those are all the goals of Roots of Action, which is um, a great website to go check out. Uh, again, Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Matt. You bet. And t- talk to us. Um, I, I wonder, as as you just as an expert in child development and seeing uh, our children, also you, you're somebody that wants to create more community um, and have our children be able to participate more effectively and in a healthy way in the community. What is it like for you to see maybe our current kind of political world that's so distorted and so kind of uh, in conflict? And yet knowing that you want to raise children that are much more collaborative and interdependent. Right. Well, it's very frustrating and very sad to see what's happening in today's political world. And at the same time, I also see that that is what our children observe 
mm. uh, in today's world. So one of the things that we have to really uh, uh, honor and realize is that children learn these kinds of skills and abilities like integrity and empathy and curiosity from the from watching adults lead their lives. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the big ways kids learn as they grow up. So it is, it is uh, I think, a very um, important and, and urgent time that we start looking at these kinds of abilities instead of defining kids and who they are by a test score yeah. or by what college they get into. And um, interestingly, if you really look deep into the research on child development, you'll, you'll see that children need to be seen, understood, and loved for who they are at the core of their being. That is what helps children grow up to have integrity, resilience, empathy, and, and the other skills um, that, that uh, you'll find um, at, at my website. So it's like what, you know, in this complex world, we have so many things coming at us as teachers and all of the requirements for curriculum and um, the things that teachers are, they're frustrated because they have to do so many things in order to prepare kids for tests that they can't have the real deep relationships that they used to have with kids. Yeah. And um, it's through those relationships that kids develop these skills. So when we take the relationship out of classrooms, when we take the relationship out of families where families are, instead of um, talking about moral issues, political issues around that dinner table, when everyone's focused on their, on their uh, cell phone and, or their um, mobile device, it's, you don't have that same interaction. Right. So you know, I think it's, um, it's a really urgent time in our society, and that's why I do this work. And, and so we really have to step up, don't we? The parents have to – I mean, again, we can keep hoping the school system will change it. We can keep hoping the next elected official will change it. But in reality, I'm the one that can have the most interaction with my children, right? Absolutely. And, and, right. and I'm, Absolutely. I can be the one that doesn't keep pushing the, the school is what matters. But and, I, and like you said earlier, I can make sure that my child feels seen, understood, and loved no matter what. Right, right. And to, to really understand them at, at the core at their of level. who they are. Yeah. You know, and, and it, and that's very different from um, from when they bring home a test score, and you know you say, "Oh, I'm so proud of you mm. that yeah. you know you you got this A on this test today. That's fantastic." Yeah. In you know, yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> uh-huh. But we need to be really understanding what our kids think and how they feel, and letting them know how much we appreciate. The way they think and feel. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so making it more about really, I guess, highlighting those, I guess, these principles of empathy and creativity. I appreciate your resourcefulness. I appreciate your integrity that you showed with the neighbor exactly, kid, and right. focus on those. Yep. Are they? Tra- I guess principles is what I would call them. 
Yeah, uh, I sort of call them, um, you know, their capabilities. Yeah. They're, 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 abil- they're, they're more like the abilities that grow with us as mm-hmm. we grow through childhood. And, and of course, even as adults, we continue to grow these abilities throughout our lives. Yeah. But and the, and but th- this is what makes this is this is it seems like you call it the compass advantage. This this advantage of our children having integrity, self awareness, resiliency, sociability. This these really are the 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 skill sets, the tool sets they're going to need for this new world, this new you know this is. new tech world. And uh, for for someone um, who went to fielding? Yeah, you can you can appreciate the fact that. Um, the, you know, we, we live in a world that is so interconnected. And, and one of the things that, uh, you know, people want easy answers. They want, well, how do you instill integrity? Right. How do you do this? Well, the answer is that it is interconnected. But, you know, in, with all of the things that parents and teachers have coming at them, I think the tendency is to... Uh, to focus on all these little things that are coming at you every day. Yeah. And and I think we've lost touch of the core abilities that really help anyone thrive in a complex world. And that's what I've tried to do with, with the compass. And, um, you know, I made it a compass because uh, these are abilities that are inside all of us. And, and, as we grow from childhood into adulthood, we find our own ways in the world, right? Yeah, so we yeah. have to have tools inside of us to find our way in the world, even as, as adults, right? And that continues to develop. So it's, it's about building this compass that's inside of children. Each of us. Yeah. So that, yes, so that they can find their way in the world. I love it. And, um, and it really, when you think about it, it's quite simple. And these abilities are abilities that um, are support each one of them is supported by decades of research. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and they're they're really so intuitive and I think they're so natural to us. Man, Dr. Marilyn Price Mitchell, I wish we had more time because this this is critical to all of us. Go find the website all of you listening, rootsofaction.com, rootsofaction.com because she takes all of these different parts of the the compass that are already intuitive to us. And then she she goes and and has articles and writes articles and finds the best kind of resources for you to work on those. And remember also, the answers are in your kids. So one of the ways to manifest these answers, communicating, listening to them, having the conversations about sociability, about how they can handle their friends and connecting to others and being empathic and remaining curious. Folks, the answers are there. You just have to spend some time nurturing those seeds inside of our children. It'll set them up for a healthy future, folks. We'll take a break. Uh, I wish we had more time, but we'll come back again. Go to the website, rootsofaction.com, or just Google Marilyn Price Mitchell. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll come back with our good buddies from BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. A little rubber ducky for you. Uh, let's, go, let's go down to our good buddies 
at BYU Sports Nation. Spencer and Jerem. Hello, gentlemen. Rubber ducky, you're the one. <laughs> hey, Bert. <laughs> you guys, um, okay, now guess why we played that song. No idea. What is it? We're playing Guess the Song. Um, it's Bathtub Day. Happy it's Bathtub Day. Bathtub is a thing I stand in. Yeah. Well, I was like going to ask, when was the last time you took a bath and just soaked it up in the bathtub? Man, I, it's been years. I know. And even if it was last week, you're not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Why is it weird for a guy to take I don't know. Bath? It's so weird. I don't know what it is. Every night when I get home, I just like to just, you know, just sit in the bathtub and think. If it's a bigger tub and the water's really hot, then that's acceptable. In yeah. fact, it's encouraged in a party situation. In a oh, party? No. Party over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> party for one. I, <laughs> so, I just thought, seriously, though. I know, like, it's weird. That's, is that, that's weird psychology, huh? Is it's that just, kind of a sexist thing? Like, it why must is be. it okay for a woman to be like, yeah, I'm going to take a bath and relax? But if a guy's like, yeah, I can take a bath and relax, yeah. like, that's weird. Why aren't you watching football, well, man? Well, I can watch football and take a bath. Honey, where's my loofah? <laughs> I mean, that's a phrase you'll just won't hear. What'd you do with the bath salts? <laughs> the bath salts. <laughs> um, the funny thing about it is, it, it even it really, if you love a good bath now and then, it's just you lose the man card. You just lose the man card. You lose it's your automatic. Chip. See, I you think that's unfair card. to all men everywhere. It is. Men need to relax in a bath. Yeah. Men need a velour robe. Said no one ever. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, I don't know. I, I, you know what? I think it's just bias. It's discrimination. Gosh. Makes me sick. Anyway. Yeah, so much for happy bath day. I know. Whatever. Whatever for the ladies. Happy bath day. Bathtub day. We get a shower and half the time the water kicks out and we're freezing. <laughs> That's why I wake up early and shower first. <laughs> you guys need a bigger out. water when I, heater. When I lived in South Korea for two years, like I had <laughs> on your mission trip, six six months of that, I lived in this house where the shower was like connected to the outer part of the house, so it wasn't uh-huh. insulated. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So it was this little like aluminum room. <laughs> you were in a microwave. Yeah. Pretty much. It was so hot in the summer, and then just freezing oh. cold in the winter, and it had. Little to no water pressure, so the water would just like the warm water just like drip down on you drip, very slowly. Drip, I had drip. that same experience in Brazil. <laughs> Did you? What's the worst? We we had to heat our water in a. It looked like a coffee pot percolator in the shower. So and there was a plug in the shower. So That's you'd, super. You'd safe. plug it in. You'd, it would fill up with water. It would heat it up, and then it would shoot it out scalding hot. And half of the faucet was scalding hot, and the other half was freezing cold. So you just had to keep spinning. <laughs> it was the longest. And the whole time I'd keep my eye on the plug. Keep your eye on the plug. It was neurotic. I was they, sick. These oh. are the sacrifices that bring forth the blessings. This is why you think we'd be taking more baths. <laughs> the, 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 uh, I'm trying to think of the word in English. He's called a gualija in Korean. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Like oh. The, the superintendent Avocado? of the property. Okay, yeah. The owner? The, not, the, the, not the owner. Landlord. The landlord. landlord thank the you. lord of the land. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's a security guard too, but like it's anyway. He he's he, he owned the place. He would just like walk upstairs, oh, and what? if he had a complaint, he would like open the window to that little out exterior yeah. shower thing because the hose had to come through. So like you couldn't shut the window all the way. Oh sure, so he could just look in. What in the world? So he open it up and be like, hey, hey. I keep hearing you guys stomping on the floor, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> Rents do. I'm in the shower. 
Can a guy shower? <laughs> Landlord? What, is what do you got in room? This Pretty is incredible. Much. That's in uh, South Korea, man. Yeah, that was super fun. So that's why you're proud to be in America. Mm-hmm. My landlord doesn't bug me when I'm showering, just when I'm walking up the stairs to get to my It apartment. would only happen to me, too. Like, there were four of us that lived in that apartment, or second floor apartment, and it would only You know what? Maybe me. there was just something about you, Spence. <laughs> Uh, but he would just so he would just yell at me all the time. You in the shower? Wait, what are you doing? How can be so loud at night? I, <laughs> maybe maybe it's because those were back in the you know the days when you wanted to be Bieber. We're in bed by ten thirty. Like how much of an annoyance can it really be? Yeah. Well, you would play the Motab pretty loud. Yeah, we would rock out rock some on. serious Mormon Tabernacle Choir. You know how it is. You know. Hey, guys, oh. um, are you doing your show thing today? We are doing that again. What uh, What's uh, What's on schedule today? Because I hear there's a game this weekend. Big show today, Matt. Big you show. You have a big show every day. Number 556 in the history of BYU wow. Sports Nation. You just keep pumping them out. Okay, so Jaron brought up a fantastic topic in the morning meeting as we were putting our heads together, brainstorming. This is a normal thing. He did? It has to be brought up. Wow. Notably, it was Jaron that brought up the idea today. Oh. And we are talking about relevance for BYU within major college football. What do you define relevance as inside that BYU spectrum? Because that's different for BYU as an independent. Yeah. And then when you look at that, and their scheduling and the way that they have pushed that forward. Are the schedules too tough? Like this year is a great case study. BYU 2-2 two and two in September, but was it too tough? Because it's going to happen again and again right, right. and again and again in independence. Through the year 2019, it's basically the same model. Loaded up front with a few cupcakes on the back half. Mm. Do it's... you like that? Is it... No. Is that is that the way for BYU to remain relevant in college football? Is it too tough, or do you like it the way it is? Yeah, we can't have we, no. You got to either. Yeah, I think you need. It's kind of like you need steak, and then you need cupcake. Steak, cupcake, steak, cupcake. Instead yeah. of four main courses, right in a row. Bread. Yeah. yeah. If it's red lobster biscuits. Yeah. Biscuits. Yeah. Exactly. Breadsticks. You could yeah, throw BYU in. BYU yeah. opened with. Uh, you know, some serious cornmeal at Nebraska. Yep. <laughs> cornmeal. Okay. It was big beef. Came yeah. Had, had some horse meat against Boise State. Uh-huh. Oh, my Ugh. God. <laughs> Went to the <laughs> coast. Meat. Seafood. Bar. Seafood for days. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. had to go to Michigan and, and, play, and eat a steak. Bruins, like that's that's a lot. Yeah. Wolverines. Yeah. And then, yeah. Wolf. Buzz's girlfriend. Wolf. Wolf, wolf. Home hey. alone. It's uh, yeah, I think I think I think that's a great question. So it's like Jerem earned his money today. This about is time. An in, this is an internship. It's about for me. time. I'm just getting credit. When are you gonna get? When are you gonna get hired, Jerem? Can't wait. This will be great. Someday you'll make money doing this. Can't wait. <laughs> well, guys, it's gonna be a good show. I can already feel it. We're looking forward to it. Okay, if you need me, you know where I am. I I'm gonna be up here getting my picture taken be in the break room. I know okay. you guys are oh, having. Today's your day for the picture. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. and by the way, be huh. careful when you're uh, manufacturing those bath salts in your office because that can go for some weird things. Totally. Sometimes. Have you noticed? Can you smell it down downstairs? Yeah, weird stuff's going on up here. That may be confused or something else. Mm-hmm. Don't I know? I understand. <laughs> I am starting a new multi-level marketing company with bath salts, though. <laughs> <laughs> then you're making money. If you can We're get three people money. under everyone's you, making money. everyone's making money. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. <laughs> Stay sweet. Thank you too. <laughs> okay. Uh, just for clarity, there are no bath salts being cooked in my office. I used my boss's office, Don's office, 
to cook the bath salts. You got Ben wants to say something. Ben. So if you have any investigations, go to Don's office. Yes. If anybody has any questions about what is cooking uh, up in the radio offices, it is it's in Don's office. He's the only one cooking anything. In fact, hey, just for fun, Don wanted us to play something, um, and we're going to play it now. We didn't quite know where it would go, but I think it's self-explanatory. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off... You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? You got me, Doc. Uh, I'm going. Uh, Everything is getting dark. Uh, I'm going to kick the bucket. Way! The wabbit kicked the bucket. The rabbit kicked the bucket. The rabbit kicked the bucket. The rabbit kicked the bucket. That movie moment brought to you by the Matt Townsend Show. It's a mix between Dirty Harry, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd even got in there. The rabbit kicked the bucket. Some shows just don't go together. You know what I mean? By the way, did you hear the Transformers are back? Just when you thought that franchise would die? Apparently not, according to Entertainment Weekly. Stay tuned. Transformers 5 is on the way. By the way, 4 apparently tanked. Because Shia LaBeouf, you know, he was he was in, he was having a hard time, so uh, everyone was thinking the whole series would end. But you know what? Now they're coming out with a five, a six, a seven, and an eight, all thanks to the fact that Hasbro can now sell more toys. So for the next ten years, folks, you'll have a Transformers about every two years, two and a half years. Yay! The kids are going crazy. Hey, as you know, we like to end the show on a good note, so let's get to the hero story. A German school bus driver is the hero of the day. It's a quick-thinking school bus driver saves 60 children from a train crash. Listen to this, folks. A school bus and passenger train collided Wednesday uh, in September morning on the outskirts of Hamburg, Germany. Uh, But thanks to one fast-acting bus driver, only one passenger on the train was lightly injured The bus has had to take a detour through town due to construction. As the bus crossed over the rails, the barrier came down, stopping the bus from driving forward. The 23-year-old bus driver immediately evacuated all 60 of the children from the bus and then saved herself with one minute to spare. The train driver tried to engage the emergency brake, but it was too late. The locomotive smashed into the front of the bus, crumpling the driver's uh, end of the vehicle. The children were taken to school on a replacement bus. Aw, boo. Do we have to go to school? We almost died. Well, the train line remained closed uh, later that Wednesday. So here's a little shout-out to our uh, German school bus driver, 26 years old, getting 60 people to safety. Again, another hero. They're all over the place, folks. You, in fact, are one, too. If you have children, if you have neighbors, kids, people in your life, you have the potential to be a hero every single day. And the goal of this show is to help you see your potential. Again, we can't do the show without you, so uh, join us again tomorrow. And if you want to, go find us on podcast. If you can't always listen to the entire show, look us up on uh, all of the podcasting sites. You can go to TuneIn, iTunes, go to BYURadio.org. We're there for you. And tomorrow we'll be back with more ideas, more tools to help you find the good in the world. Until tomorrow, look after each other, hold each other close, uh, those that uh, belong to you, by the way. 
And other than that, make it a great one. We'll talk again tomorrow.